not preaching today. <laughs> so you guys get to hear someone else today. Um, as a senior, is actually going to uh, pray for us, sing or pray for us, um, prepare a message and, and bring the message this morning. And uh, I want to ask Adam to come up. I want to pray over him. But you know, I'm always excited when an opportunity for me to hear someone else in the church preach. Um, I, I love getting up here and, and preaching, um, but there are times where I just enjoy being able to sit back and hear someone else bring the word. And and just a few months ago, we were just sitting there talking, and 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 I know you know from his his previous church and where he's his, the leadership he exhibited in his former church, and it had been on my heart about maybe asking Adam one day to preach and. Through conversation, we just it just kind of like fell right before us. So I'm like, "Do you want to preach?" And he's like, "Yeah, let me try it." <laughs> so I'm like, "Okay, let's see what happens." And so, um, so he and I had, had had been working together a little bit, and he let me know where he was going to go. And I think it's a great springboard from last week's message. And I'm excited about what he has to to, to bring us this morning. So why don't we pray and ask God to just anoint him this morning? So, Father, I thank you for my brother. I thank you for his, um, his willingness to be able to step out in faith and, and do this. Uh, Lord, it's, it's, it's a hard task to preach your word. And Lord, I pray that you would anoint him. I pray, Holy Spirit, make him a competent minister of this word now. It is not in him that mm -hmm. any heart will be changed or any mind renewed or any will challenged. It is in the power of the Holy Spirit through your word. And I pray you will use him mightily, Father. I pray, Holy Spirit, you'll speak through him. Let him, not, let him not be his words, but your word that will change our hearts and build our faith. And I ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. I don't know if it's good news or not that you have to listen to me today. But um, 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 first of all, I just I thank you to Pastor Jim for, uh, for this opportunity and for uh, just for... Uh, like I said, the opportunity to get up here and to, to bring a word. Um, I have realized that over the past couple months, and, and especially this last week, I have a newfound, respect, uh, newfound appreciation for pastors. Um, that just, you know, Jim told me a couple weeks ago, he said, you know, when you were in school um, and you had to write a 10-page term paper at the end of the semester, you got all bent out of shape about it. He goes, I have to write a 10-page paper every week, and I can, I can attest to that here. So... Um, I appreciate the opportunity and, uh, and the opportunity to bring the word. So I also want to thank my mom and dad are here today. Um, so I appreciate uh, their support and them being here uh, to hear this. So think about a time uh, when you were overwhelmed. And I think, we can, I, don't, I, I think for some of us, we can probably, it's probably easy to think about this, right? So I think of it, I just started a new job a couple months ago. And... Um, I was excited about that job, but inevitably I went into that job uh, knowing that there were things that, that I was unsure of, that I didn't know. So I get there and I get my OJT, my on-the-job training from my, from my supervisor, and I get there and I, I go into my office in the afternoon and I look at some of the things I have to do and it looks like a foreign language to me. Right, and so I go another route, and I think, oh, I can, <laughs> I can put that one on the back burner and worry about it later. And I get to something else, and I, and I, don't know how to do that either. And all of a sudden, this feeling of being overwhelmed comes over me. Right, and I've got two, I've got a couple different options. I can sit there and 
grind and grind and grind until I can figure this out, which I'll be honest, I do, okay? Um, and my wife can probably attest to that. Or I can go to somebody who knows. I can go to the person that preceded me and I can ask for help, right? So as Pastor alluded to earlier, and, and as we're going to see today, that's the situation where Nehemiah is at in Nehemiah chapter 1. So if you haven't already, go ahead and, and get your Bibles or turn on your Bibles and, to Nehemiah chapter 1. And, and we're going to walk through um, his circumstances. And then the last about seven verses are his response to his circumstance. And that's, that's the point I want to hit home today. So the, your, your first point on your outline, I've titled this message, Nehemiah, a man of prayer. And that first point there, Nehemiah was overwhelmed by his circumstances. So let's take a look at the first three verses of chapter one. It says, the words of Nehemiah, son of Hakaliah. Now it happened in the month of Chislev, the 20th year, as I was in Susa, the citadel, that Han and I, one of my brothers, came with certain men from Judah. And I asked them concerning the Jews who escaped, who had survived the exile, and concerning Jerusalem. And they said to me, the remnant there in the province has survived the exile, or that survived the exile is in great trouble and shame. The wall of Jerusalem is broken down and its gates are destroyed by fire. So let me take a step back for a second. We'll get a little historical background here, okay? Nehemiah was a Jew. He was one of thousands of Jews that, that was, was captured when Jerusalem, when King Nebuchadnezzer and the Babylonians took, took Jerusalem by siege, okay? And, and that happened around about 586. And that, that stayed, I mean, that was the case for a period of about 45, 47 years, okay? At that, at 47 years later, the, the Nebuchadnezzar and the Babylonians are overthrown by the Medes and the Persians, all right? And King Cyrus assumed the throne, and it was, it was at this time that his heart began to stir for the Jews and for the people of Jerusalem. So at that point, a, a couple years after he took over, he, he being King Cyrus, allowed Zerubbabel to take a group, a, a group back to Jerusalem, release Jews. All right? And at that point, they rebuilt, they rebuilt the temple. And then there was a period of about eight years in there that, that, uh, that transpired, and a second group was led back. Ezra led a second group back. That's, that's towards the end of, of Ezra. And now here we are, about 10 years after Ezra's group is back, when Nehemiah gets this news, all right? And he is, he's overwhelmed by his circumstances. As it, you know, the, the people of, of Jerusalem, it, it says in the, in the text there, has, uh, are in great trouble and great shame. All right, he is he is overwhelmed by those circumstances, and and so again I go back to my to to the to the situation I gave you earlier. He's got a couple different options, right? He can try and figure it out in and of himself, or he can go he can go to God. Okay, so when I as as I was going through this text, I these questions that I asked today. I'm asking myself these two. So what do we do when we're overwhelmed by our circumstances? Do we live in the flesh? Do we automatically try to manipulate things and solve it ourselves? I, uh, guilty is charged. I, I will tell you that right away. Um, do we even, another question I kind of pondered on this week, is the thought about going to Christ, going, going to God in prayer, even a thought in our minds sometimes when we're struggling in our circumstances? All right. Um, 
So let's, let's take a look at what, at what Nehemiah did and what his response was. So my second point there, I believe it's number two on your outline. It simply says Nehemiah's prayer. It should say Nehemiah's prayer. And I want to walk through this a little bit with you um, and just walk through some of the things I, that, that how Nehemiah prayed and what he prayed for, and, and then we'll go from there. So uh, point A under number two, Nehemiah prayed with confidence and waited upon the Lord. Okay, so you saw where he was at in, in, verse, in verses 1 through 3. He was grieving, all right? As soon as I heard these words, I sat down, I wept, and I mourned for days, and I continued fasting and praying before the Lord God of heaven, all right? There's no indication that he, it says, as soon as. That means he hears this, and he's, boom, he's in prayer. There's no indication that he tried to solve things on his own, all right? When Nehemiah starts praying, he realizes that his confidence is not in himself or in King Artaxerxes, all right? Who is, which, I'm going to take a step back for a second. Nehemiah's profession was he was the cupbearer. He, he worked as the cupbearer for King Artaxerxes, okay? So that's going to come into play here shortly, okay? He realized that, that, that his confidence has to be in God. It's not in himself or, it, or, or, or him, all right? He had a clear recognition of the needs of Jerusalem, Notice what he did. Again, I, I may be repeating myself, but it's worth repeating. He went straight to God. He didn't allow his flesh or his human nature to get in, to, to get in the way of that. How many times in a situation do we go, woe is me. Why is God putting me through this? Why are my circumstances, why are my circumstances what they are? Okay, why is this happening? How many times... How many times do, do believers go and air out their dirty laundry or go complain to people? All right. First John 5, at 1 John 5, it reminds us, this is the confidence we have before him. If we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And, it, and if we know he hears whatever we ask, sorry. And if we know that he hears whatever we ask, we know that we have what we have asked him for. Hebrews 4.16 reminds us, therefore, let us approach the throne of grace with boldness. All right, I look at boldness and I think confidence. Boldness and confidence kind of mean the same thing. So that we have received the mercy and find grace to help us in a time of need. When we read in Psalms, we see that David really understood this principle. Think about some of the things. He, he, God is his refuge. God is his power. God is his strength. Uh, God is my salvation. He really understands this principle as he's, as he's calling out to God and realizes that that's where his confidence is. Church, our confidence has got to be in Jesus Christ. If it's not, it's, if it, it can't be in our situation, it can't be in our job, it can't be in our finances, it can't be in our mate or any other relationship. It has to be in Christ. Amen? Amen. <clears throat> Sorry, I'm pausing for water. <clears throat> when you look at that verse again, when you look at verse 3 towards the end of it, it... it it, he didn't just pray and stop. He continued to pray, right? It says he prayed and he grieved for days. All right, the end of verse four, uh, I sat down and wept. I mourned for a number of days. When we, when we read further into, into Nehemiah, we realize that the time frame there between the time he gets this news and the, and the time he actually goes is about a period of four and a half months, right? So he's, he is... He's, he's waiting on God, okay? It's not like he says his prayer, checks off the box, and goes, okay, God, where's your answer? Why, 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 haven't, I, 
Why haven't I heard from you? Why haven't you done what I asked? All right. I think about the, <laughs> the world we live in. We live in, we are an impatient society, right? I can take this box and get anything I want to right now. Okay, Uncle Google, as my dad refers to it, tells me whatever, it, whatever I want to know right, right now. I don't have to wait. Okay, We want instant gratification. We know what we want, and we want it now. Right? Think, I, I think about this, too, in the, in, the, in the area of food. I don't have to wait 45 minutes for a meal. I can put it in the microwave, hit one, and a minute later, I've got a meal. Right? We, we do not like to wait. All right? But I like what Tony Evans has to say. In his commentary, God's timing is always perfect. Trust his delays. He's got you. All right. I grew up, I've heard it, I've heard it said many times that, that we see this small snippet of a picture, but God sees the big picture. And oftentimes we want to, to manipulate things or to do things based on this picture. Or it's a two-story house and we see the first story and God's, God sees the whole thing. But we want to manipulate things based on what we see, right? Um, guys, God's got you. Trust his delays. There's been often times where, where, just personal stories, we've been late getting out of the house, and we're frustrated because we're late getting out of the house, and we might drive down the road, and there's a car accident ahead. And we've had conversations of, praise the Lord, maybe my delay at home was to avoid, you know, was, was to be spared from, from that car accident. Trust God's delays, all right? Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. Trust in the Lord with all your heart, lean not under your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him, and he will make straight your paths. Romans reminds us, rejoice in hope, be patient in tribulation, be constant in prayer. I believe Nehemiah was that. He was patient in his, in his circumstance, in his tribulation. He was constant in prayer. Uh, there's a... John Waller wrote, sang, did both a song called While I'm Waiting. No, I'm not going to sing it for you this morning. Um, yeah, uh, no. that's. <laughs> but I do, the, the lyrics of that song are powerful, so I do, wanna, I do want to uh, read those to you. Um, I'm waiting, I'm waiting on you, Lord. I am, and I am hopeful, I'm waiting on you, Lord, though it is painful, but patiently I will wait. And I will move ahead bold and confident, taking every step in obedience. While I'm waiting, I will serve you. While I'm waiting, I will worship. While I'm waiting, I will not faint. I'll be running the race even while I wait. I'm waiting. I'm waiting on you, Lord, and I am peaceful. I'm waiting on you, Lord, though it's not easy. No, but faithfully, I will wait. Yes, I will wait. I will move ahead bold and confident taking every step in obedience. And he goes back through uh, the chorus of that song. But a couple things that as, as we're going through here. Though it is painful, but patiently I will wait. Um, I will move ahead bold and confident, taking every step in obedience. Again, I believe from the text, Nehemiah was bold and confident in his prayer and he was patient. So we have seen that Nehemiah went straight to God in confidence, and he waited upon the Lord as he continues to pray. But point B there, we see Nehemiah begin with praise and then confess his sin, right? In verse 5 it says, And I said, O God, and, and I said, o God of heaven, 
the great and awesome God who keeps covenant and steadfast love with those who love him and keep his commandments. This is similar to how Daniel starts his prayer in Daniel 9.4. It's similar. It's, it's how God teaches us to pray in the Lord's Prayer, right? We worship God, we praise him, and we praise his attributes. How many times, and again, I'm, I'm preaching to the choir, I'm preaching to myself here. How many times in our circumstances do we forget to go to him and praise and go, God, fix this problem? Almost like, you know, we're, we, Abby and I try and walk through, especially with our kids, that God is, we don't, God's not a genie. We don't go to God the way that Aladdin goes to the genie in the movie and ha, he has three wishes, right? It's not just a, hey, God, fix this problem. Again, okay, I ask, why isn't it fixed? All right, look at the words and the actions that Nehemiah uses in the opening of his prayer. He talks about the great and awesome God. He talks about how God keeps his covenant and God's steadfast love, uh, awe-inspiring, a gracious covenant. He is praising God. He's using words of praise uh, to, begin, to begin that prayer. Again, another, another quote I took out of Tony Evans' commentary. A woman once said to a British evangelist, G. Campbell Morgan, I only take small things to God because I don't want to worry him with the big things. <laughs> I know. To this he replied, Lady, anything you bring to God is small. We tend to magnify our problems when we should magnify God instead. If we rightly see him for who he is, we'll, we'll never see our problems as too much for him to handle. How often do we look at things that we're going through and know that's too big for God? God can't do it. God can't move in this situation. We need to have that mindset shift and realize that God's bigger than anything we're going to face here. All right? The things we take to God in prayer are, are can, he, he can do great things, far, far more than we could ever imagine. All right? Remember, too, that as believers, prayer is one of the greatest privileges that we have. All right? And, the mighty, and, and I would argue one of the mightiest forces in our arsenal. All right? And oftentimes, unfortunately... We wait, how many times do we wait till the end to go to it? I mean, it's like, it's, like the, it's like the nail in the coffin, and we wait to use it. We try in and of our, of our own power. So we see that he, he praised God, he worshiped God, but also notice what he says, also notice what he says in verse 6 and 7. Let your ear be attentive and your eyes be open to hear the prayer of your servant that I now pray before you day and night for the people of Israel, <clears throat> excuse me, your servants, confessing the sins of the people of Israel, which we have sinned against you. Even I and my father's house have sinned. We acted very corruptly against you and have not kept the commandments, the statutes, and the rules that you commanded your servant Moses. So he started with praise, and now he's confessing his sin. All right, and one of the things as I read through this, notice it doesn't say they or those left in, or, or the people of Jerusalem. He confesses his sin. He doesn't ju- it's not what the finger pointing, what they did. He's confessing his own sin and the sin of his nation. All right? In Nehemiah's mind, there was, there was sin in his life and in the life of his family. He talks about sin in his father's house. Nehemiah identified with Israel, and he understood, <coughs> he understood his contributions to their current situation and their woes. He confessed the nation's he confessed the sin of that nation again. Not, not they, but he, he, was, he was with them. God commands us in 1 John, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just 
to forgive our sins and to cleanse all our unrighteousness. We also read in Proverbs, whoever conceals his transgressions will not prosper, but he who confesses and forsakes them will obtain mercy. All right? <clears throat> Nehemiah saw his sin in the right way. Here it is, God. Forgive me. So we see that Nehemiah has prayed with confidence. We see that he's waited upon the Lord. We see that he's praised God and confessed his sins. Point C there. Nehemiah claimed God's promises. All right? Nehemiah claimed God's promises. Verses 8 and 9. <clears throat> it says, please remember what you commanded your servant Moses. If you are unfaithful, I will scatter you among the peoples. But if you return to me and carefully observe my commands, even though your exiles were banished to the furthest horizon, I will gather them from there and bring them to the place where I, cho where I choose to have my name dwell. All right. We know that God doesn't forget. All right, he, but but Nehemiah is saying, Lord, remember, we, remember you remembered your word about cursing. Please, about uh, in verse eight, please remember uh, your word about <coughs> returning people to you. All right, no matter what mess you've created, no matter how far you've gone, God has good news for you. He's in He's in the gathering business. He's in the reconciliation business. All right. In other words, if you are faithful and turn from your circumstances. No matter how bad things get, God will honor his word. Again, I say, God's got you, all right? His, he, he, is, he is bigger than the, things we, than the things we will face here. Church, we need to, in, in Nehemiah's prayer, he prays those promises of God. You can reference, in, he references in Leviticus 6, or 26, he re, there's, uh, that, that prayer is also, the end of that prayer is in Deuteronomy 30. He trusted God would honor his promises and that's the kind of faith we must have when we pray, right? Think about, when, think about the promises that, the, uh, that God has made us. And I, I, if I stood here and listed all of them, you would miss lunch today, all right? And maybe dinner tonight. Um, Do not fear, for I am with you. He will never leave us or forsake us. Um, the Lord will fight for us. God is always with me. God is faithful. He designed me for a purpose. He gives strength to the weary. His love never fails. He will give you rest. He has redeemed you. Here's the reality, guys. God made over 7,000 promises to man in Scripture, and he's followed through on every one of them. I, on the way over here, I told Abby, there are times I make one promise and I can't follow through on it. God has made 7,000, and he hasn't failed on any of them, and he's not going to. Amen? <clears throat> so we see that God that we we see that Nehemiah claimed God's promises and he and he and he prayed in confidence. Point D there. Nehemiah prayed with concern and compassion. All right? He prayed with concern and compassion. Look there at verse 10. They are your servants and your people. You redeemed them by your great power and strong hand. Nehemiah is praying for those people of Israel. He doesn't see what's going on, but he's heard that report from, from his brother and from the men of Judah. All right? So he, 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 he can't necessarily see it with his eyes, but he's heard it. All right? Think about this. It would have been easy for Nehemiah to think, yeah, that's not my problem. I'm several hundred miles away. This is through no fault of my own. Surely there's somebody closer that will solve this problem, 
closer than the, the 800 miles I'm away that can solve this problem. But he didn't do that. It wasn't his fault that the Jews were led into captivity. But, but, but those, he did not make those excuses. All right? Instead, he, he interceded in prayer for his people. He used for, for, for the people of Jerusalem. He used that intercessory prayer, right? Um, as children of God, we have the responsibility and privilege to go to God in prayer. But we've got the responsibility to pray for those that are hurting as well. We've got the responsibility to intercede for those people. Right, praying for the needs of loved ones, praying for the needs of the church. You know, we have, we we are, we we need to pray for our church. We need to pray for our body. We need to pray for those for 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 our family members for for those and that are that are facing these circumstances and that are that don't know where to go. And here's a big one too: when we tell somebody we're going to pray for them, we need to do it. It can't just be lip service. Again. Guilty is charged, all right? We can't just look at somebody, yeah, I'll pray for you. And then by the time we walk down the road, forget that we said that, all right? We've, we've, got, to, we've got to do that, folks. All right, so we have, we, we've, we've seen the concern and compassion. We know that, he, that, that, that Nehemiah has prayed with concern and compassion. Lastly, we see in, in verse 11, we see my, our last point, prayer activates our faith in Jesus Christ. All right? In verse 11, it says, Please, Lord, let your ear be attentive to the prayer of your servant and to that of your servants who delight to revere your name. Give your servant success today and grant him compassion in the presence of this man. Then he finishes by saying, At that time I was a cupbearer for the king. When Nehemiah says, in the presence of this man, he's referring to King Artaxerxes. All right? So, excuse me. In chapter 2, and I'm not, I, don't, I don't want to dig into it big time, but in chapter 2, um, Nehemiah is getting ready to go before the king. Because as the cupbearer, as I said, he's got an important job. He's, he, he's kind of in the king's cabinet, and he hangs around with influential people. He's an important He's, he's kind of the taste tester, right? He's an important person. That does not grant him access to the king to ask the king for whatever he wants. Okay? Nehemiah understands that by going to the, that, that, that what he's about to do could cost him his life. Going to the king could cost him his life. So Nehemiah, in chapter 2, Nehemiah comes before the king, and the king asks Nehemiah why he's so sad. And at the end of verse 2, at the end of verse 2 in chapter 2, Nehemiah's response was, I was overwhelmed with fear. All right? Nehemiah then tells the king why he's sad. And it, in verse 3, why should I not be sad when the city where my ancestors are buried lies in ruin and its gates have been destroyed by fire? King's response is, what is your request? Again, it's in Nehemiah. Nehemiah understands his position and knows that this could be a life-altering request. He's about to ask the king something that could cost him his life. Nehemiah's response at the end of verse 3. So I prayed to the God of heaven. Again, Nehemiah is overwhelmed by his circumstance. He prays to the God of heaven. And as you continue to read in, in, in chapter 2, Nehemiah returns to Jerusalem 
and he does something, he does something in 52 days that couldn't be done in 140 years through, through, because he went to God in prayer in his circumstances. Think about in the Bible through prayer. Through prayer, an infertile Hannah was humiliated and ridiculed because she was barren and she was blessed with a son. That son was Samuel. Peter's in prison for preaching the gospel and the church prays for his release in Acts. Jairus asks Jesus to heal his daughter so she won't die in Mark. Solomon's prayer for guidance and wisdom in 1 Kings. Jesus himself in Matthew prays to God for, to surrender and obedience to God. If it be your will, take this cup from me. Right? My hope today, folks, is that, is, that we, is that we all understand the importance of going to God in prayer right from the bat. We can't let our, our circumstances can't, and, our, and our confidence cannot be in any situation or in any earthly possession or earthly person here. All right? So here's my question. And I'm, again, I'm asking this for myself today. Is your faith activated? How is your prayer life? How's your walk? Are you, are you spending time in prayer? Are you spending time with God? Or has that been put on the shelf? Has it been put on the shelf because you're sad or you're angry or you're mad? Has it been put on the shelf because God didn't answer a prayer the way you wanted it answered? Or God hasn't answered your prayer yet? All right, so before, as I close uh, my message today, I'm going to pray. We're going to spend God. We're, we're going to spend some time in prayer. All right. And if there's, if there's again, as Pastor said, if as you're praying, open up your heart to God. All right. Open up your heart to God. Let's pray, Father God. Thank you for uh, this time, uh, Lord, and a time to uh, bring a word and and. Uh, thank you for the privilege of, of one, being in church, but of also to um, just get in your word and, and uh, preach, Father God. Thank you for the opportunity. Uh, Lord, thank you for what Nehemiah's prayer, what we can gather from Nehemiah's prayer, Lord. And we just, I just pray today that, um, Lord, it wouldn't be our last option. It would be our first option, that we truly would treat it as the, as, as the most important weapon in our arsenal, Lord, that we would come to you with our... Uh, request that we would wait on you, that we would come to you confident, Father God, uh, that we would come to you in prayer and praise, that we would come to you confessing our sin, um, Lord, and 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 just Father God, I just lift that up to you. I lift these people up to you today. I lift their circumstances up to you today, Lord. And as they're overwhelmed, Father, my prayer is that they would come to you uh, and that they would rest in you and they would remember the promises that you have made us made made to us, Father God. Again, be glorified by uh, the things that we say, the things that we do. Uh, and, and Lord, we just put all this in your hands. It's in Christ's name we pray. Amen. Why don't we stand?